0: Well, we're in this brand new series called Walk This Way, and we've been talking about um, how important it is uh, to reach out and walk across rooms. And so this week, I have been preoccupied with people. Now, I've been watching people constantly. Now, I haven't been stalking them, okay, not like in a weird way uh, or anything like that. But I have been watching people quite a bit. And everywhere I go, whether it's in a store or a restaurant, or uh, at uh, school, uh, where my kids go, I've been watching people. And I've been asking God simply, uh, God, uh, put in my path anyone that you want me to show your love to, and to the best of my ability, I'll reach out and uh, show love to them. Put them in my path, God, and I'll reach out in some way. So let me give you uh, a couple examples of what happened to me uh, this week. The first one uh, took place on Wednesday. I I was going to pick up my daughter from school, and I pick her up, and as I'm driving to the school, I notice one of the crossing guards who is on the side of the road, and she's sitting on one of those walkers that you can walk with or you can sit on. And I drove by her, and the reality is, folks, I've driven by her for two months just drive right on by and this time when I drove by her I turned around to pick up Shiloh and I felt this prompting because I was saying this prayer God put someone in my path and I felt this prompting to go and to uh, reach out to this woman so she was an elderly woman and so I didn't want to scare her, so I actually got uh, Shiloh in the car We pulled around the block. I waited until the traffic slowed down. There was no traffic in the street whatsoever. So I pull up on Washington Street. I put it in park and I get out the door and I walk up and I said, uh, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself to you and I wanted to thank you for the way that you care for our kids. And uh, I reached out to her and I said, well, well, what's your name? And she said, my name's Gwen. Gwen. But you can call me Granny. And when she said this, I stood there for a moment a little bit like awkward, not knowing what to say. But she looked at me very sternly like, you better call me Granny Boy or I'll get a switch out. So I didn't know what to say. And so I didn't. I just go, well, nice to meet you, Granny. And she said, you call me Granny from now on. I said, okay. I said, well, my name's Chris, and we talked a little bit. I was like, my daughter Shiloh's here. I said, Shy, come on out. Shy gets out of the car. We come up. We introduce ourselves. And then I just had this prompting. I was like, you know, I'm sure she gets hot being out here all the time. And so very quickly I processed everything. I said, hey, we'd like to, to get you a drink sometime if you'd like. And I'm thinking, you know, she's an elderly woman. She'll probably just say no or maybe coffee or, or water or something like that. And she turned to me, and this is what she said. I'll take a cold one. And then she paused for a moment, and then she said, a cold Pepsi. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know. I didn't want to have to, you know, bring her a Budweiser, you know, or something like that. Not that I wouldn't, but... um... So, I, we kind of talked to each other. I look, and I notice there's three cars now behind my car in the middle of Washington Street, and people are not happy. So, I said, well, hey, I'll, I'll talk to you later, Granny. And we get in the car. Well, Friday comes, and we buy a Pepsi 4, and uh, we walk across the schoolyard. I didn't park in the middle of the street this time. I was in the parking lot. We walk across the street. We give it to Granny. And uh, she said, "Oh, thank you so much." She goes, "This means so much to me and that was it. Thursday, I go to subway. I usually go to subway a couple times during the week i've learned to know the manager there, Melissa really, really well. but some of the workers there's a lot of turnover and transition, so i don 't get to know them as well but there's one lady that has been there for the last couple of months, and she 's a great worker like she does uh, the sandwich always perfectly everything's good, great attitude, very fast, get you in and out um, and I realized that I had never talked to her except to make my sandwich. And so I stopped and I felt this prompting, tell her she's doing a good job. And I said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, you know, you always do my sandwich so well. You're doing a great job. You're so fast. And I said, uh, you know, what's your name? And she said, well, my name's Jamie. And I said, well, my name's Chris. And then there was this pause and this is what she said. Thanks for noticing me. Thanks for noticing me. And thanks for noticing my hard work. I said, well, you do it. I mean, you're amazing. You're the fastest sandwich maker I've seen. And she said, with a big smile, she goes, they just promoted me to shift supervisor. And I'm like, wow, cool. You know, I'll tell her this week. There's a whole church people that clap for you. It was the weirdest thing. They don't even know you in the club for you. But I get my sandwich and I take off. Now, folks, listen, this is what I want to say. In both of these stories, there was no conversion. Uh, n- no one was like, come to Jesus. There was no even, hey, why don't you come to the jar? It was simply an act of walking across the schoolyard to give a pepsi and actually noticing the person who was putting my sandwich together but this is what i've learned about conversations like that you never quite know where they'll go you never know what god might do with a small little conversation to impact someone's life and it all started folks with just a simple walk we're all in this together folks we We all are doing this. I'm not perfect at it. I'm not an expert. I'm learning along with you. But walking across rooms, folks, it really does impact people's lives. And this is what I found is that God opens up doors more and more for people who take risks to walk across rooms to reach out to other people. Because he wants everyone, regardless of who they are, to experience his amazing love. So with that in mind, if you weren't here last week, I just want to quickly review kind of what we talked about, and you can be a part of that. And if you were here last week, you you might have forgotten. So here we go. Here's the first thing. We talked about what is the single greatest gift you can give to someone, and we said this, it is to introduce them to the God who created them and who loves them and who has a purpose for their life. And so that is the story that we're sticking to, that the single greatest gift is to introduce. That's the key word, that you simply introduce someone to them. You don't convert them. You don't coerce them. You don't have to give a strong arm to them. You simply open up with radical acceptance and you introduce them. Now, the question becomes, once we know what the single greatest gift is, how do we share the single greatest gift? You might remember remember that we talked about the first thing that you do is that you help a person by leaving your circle of comfort and walking across into the zone of the unknown. You can see this picture right here. These four people are connecting together. They're at a dinner party. They're talking to each other. They're totally oblivious to the guy who is across the room sitting on a couch walk-across-the-room type of people, leave their circle of comfort, and they take a walk. And they leave their holy huddle-cuddle of friends, and just for a moment, they take a risk. Here's the second thing that we talked about. Listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Now, when you say the Holy Spirit, what are we talking about? We're talking about God's Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit was given to us. This is how it took place. Jesus had this community, this circle of comfort of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all together. As the Father then sent Jesus to earth, Jesus came and went into the zone of the unknown. He was in heaven. Everything was perfect. And then he came to the mess of the world and he said, I'll take their mess, their hurt, their sin, and I'll place it on myself. I'll be crucified to a cross so that they could be set free. And he died on the cross. And then after that, as he ascended back to heaven, he said, I leave my spirit here for you. And in a real way, they were able to care for the world. Because of his spirit. And he says, I'll leave my spirit here to guide you, to direct you, to care for you. So when the Holy Spirit gives you a prompting, that simply says, would you walk across the room to say hi to Joe? Would you walk across the factory floor to talk to Cindy? The question is, will you listen to those promptings? Listening to them is of most importance. The last thing that we said, we just said, walk. Just walk. Just take a walk. Now, if this is your first time at the jar, you might be saying right now, like, well, well what are you talking about? Just walk. Well, why would I do that? Why would I invest in anyone else? Why should I do that? Why would I reach out to someone that I've never met before? Why would I walk this way? Why would I walk across a room? And the answer is simply this, that God walked across heaven for you. Jesus walked across the room for you. He left heaven to come to earth because of his amazing love for you. He stretched out his arms, he died on a cross, and he walked across that for you. But how are we to walk then? We are to walk the same way that Jesus walked. To walk across and develop friendships with other people. And so what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about after you choose to take the walk. Every one of us, if you say, I believe in this Jesus guy, then you would walk the way that he walks. And if we do that, you may say, well, as I walk, why do I say, what do I pray, what do I do? And so for the rest of our time, I want to talk about 3D living, that is the way that Jesus lived. Most of us see the world in 2D, two dimensions. But I want to talk about three dimensions of living. The first is this, that you develop friendships. If you want to live in 3D living, the first thing you do is you develop friendships around you. I mean, if you're going to reflect God's heart, if people are going to see God in you, then you must be on like continuous search mode, constantly searching around for people that you can develop friendships with. Is there a friendship that's on the horizon? of extending a hand of friendship, of reaching out to someone. Because this is the lifestyle of Christ. You say, well, why should we do that? Well, if you believe in Jesus, or if you're here for the first time and you're just checking out this whole Jesus thing, but you're like, it seems like his teachings would be true, then you would walk the way that he walked. And the way that he walked was he developed friendships. He was continuously on a search mode trying to find people that he could create a relationship with. In fact, one of the greatest stories ever told of him developing a friendship with someone who was disconnected from God is a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. The story is told in Luke 19, and let me give you a little background on Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a crooked tax collector. In other words, he was a crooked IRS agent. He took people's taxes, then he added a little percentage more for himself. We love those kind of people, don't we? Now, let's look at his story. It's in Luke 19. Scripture says this. Jesus was going through Jericho where a man named Zacchaeus lived. He was in charge of collecting taxes corruptly and was very rich because of taking it from other people. Jesus was heading his way, and Zacchaeus wanted to see what he was like. But Zacchaeus was a short man. So he had short man syndrome, okay? He struggled a little bit. And so he climbs up, or he goes and he tries to look over the crowd, but he can't see them. So he climbs up into a sycamore tree. When Jesus got there, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down, I want to stay with you today. In other words, he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I want to hang with you today. Let's connect, let's develop a friendship. Zacchaeus hurried down and gladly welcomed Jesus. Everyone saw this and started, what's the next word? You know what an onomiapia is? It's a word that sounds like the word. Let's all do this. Grumbling. Grumbling. That's what they were doing. They're all grumbling. Why are they grumbling? Because this guy is taking our money. He's taking taxes, and then he's giving us a higher percentage. He's crooked, and he's stealing from us. And what do they grumble about? They say, this man, Zacchaeus, is a sinner... And Jesus is going home to eat with him. Later that day, uh, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, I will give half of my property to the poor. I wonder how many of those religious people gave half of their property to the poor that day. In fact, I wonder how many of those religious people who were grumbling ever gave half of their property to the poor for their entire life. You see, sometimes, folks, the people that you think may not be the ones are exactly the ones that God uses to do incredible things. Then it goes on, and I will pay back four times as much to everyone I've cheated. You ever cheated anybody before? Don't raise your hand. You pay them back four times as much? You know what most people do when they cheat someone? Even Stephen. Whatever I did to them, I'll give exactly right back to them, whatever I cheated them on. But four times as much? Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today you and your family have been saved because you are a true son of Abraham, the son of man, came to look for. In other words, he's constantly looking, continuously looking for and to save people who Jesus is just on a walk one day. And he's got his eyes open and he looks up and he sees this grown man in a tree. That's weird. When was the last time you saw a grown man up in a tree? I mean, you see kids up in trees, but a grown man and you just wonder how Jesus is going to respond. Is he going to walk and look up and go, (laughs) you're an idiot. You know, what are you doing up in a tree, dude? Like, come down out of the tree. Kids go to the trees, not you. But he doesn't do that. He immediately asks him to come down, and he builds a friendship with him. You know, what I've observed in my life is that when Christ followers are walking around and they see someone who's disconnected from Christ or the church, they typically respond in one of three ways. The first group, I'll call them the E's. They're called eruptors. In other words, these people erupt in conversations. Eruptors are Christ followers who get all amped up with Scripture and truth and eternal life. And they're just bursting to share this with someone, anyone. And sometimes they walk across rooms and they engage in conversations when they really shouldn't. They shouldn't do it. And the reason they shouldn't is because they're not really interested in developing a friendship with the other person. They're just interested in their own agenda. And the only reason they walk is so that they can wait and wait and wait. Have you ever seen like a lion getting ready to get an antelope or a wildebeest and they wait and all of a sudden they pounce? And that's what eruptors do. They erupt and they pounce on the person. And then they have some scriptures like this. Did you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the Father except by Him? And I want to know, do you know Jesus? Because, buddy, if you don't, you need to know Him right now. Let's go ahead let's pray. Four words, Lord. And what does that do to another person? Freaks them out. It's like, ah, get away. Now, they're good people. It's just that when they erupt, they hurt people more than they help. And this is my advice. If you're an erupter, you're so passionate about God, this is my advice. Chillax. That means to chill out and relax at the same time. Just chillax. And this is what I would challenge you to do. When you walk across a room, instead of erupting, listen to see if God has the next step. And if he opens the next door, then walk through it. But if he doesn't, you don't have to throw everything on them in the first moment that you're connecting with them. Okay? Here's the second kind of group of people. They're called, on the other extreme, what I call the A's or the avoiders. These are people who they're walking down. They see a guy in a tree. The guy comes down. They start connecting. They're having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, the concept of God comes up. And the person's like, oh... Well, do you go to church and you're like, yeah, I do. And they start asking these God questions. And then all of a sudden, the Christ follower avoids. Now, why do people avoid? Because they're scared, they feel inadequate, or they fear rejection if they actually say something. So they just clam up and they start thinking to themselves, well, I don't know enough scripture I'm messed up myself, how can I help another person so I just won't say anything, I'll just avoid, and they shut down. And they blow this wonderful opportunity that God has in front of them to share his love. The final group of people who are trying to develop friendships are developers. They're D's, they're the developers. They know and they've listened to Jesus long enough and they understand that they can notice people, and then they build friendships. They connect, they hang out, they reach out, they develop friendships. And when everybody else is talking about whoever the person is that they're reaching out to, and they're putting them down, they don't jump into the conversation. They think best of what the people are, rather than worst. And developers notice people who are disconnected, and they develop these friendships over time, and they go at the pace that the person they're reaching out goes. Not their pace, but whatever the pace is. They put it on cruise of what's comfortable for that person. Friends, this is what Jesus did with Zacchaeus. He saw Zacchaeus and he started developing this relationship. And every interaction at first takes a step and a risk. But once you start developing the relationship, don't erupt. Don't avoid, develop, and be a part of that process. And once you do that, once you develop the relationship, then it's time to discover their story. Folks, everybody has a story. The problem with our culture today is that no one wants to discover it. We don't take the time with the Subway sandwich lady to actually get to know her. Because all we want to do is get my sandwich and get it as fast as you can. And so we never discover people's stories. But every person in this room has a story, and your story is valuable, and it's important. And if you're in a hard place right now, your story isn't over yet. God is still working in the midst of it. But our responsibility is to listen and discover the stories of other people. I mean, when... Jesus first started listening to Zacchaeus. He hears a story, and Zacchaeus is like, Well, I'm crooked. I've stolen from people. I've cheated people. I've done all kinds of stuff. And he doesn't judge him. He doesn't put him down. He doesn't rip on him. He just listens to his story. Even when people were saying, What is Jesus doing? Eating with the sinner. Why is he getting so cozy? With a crooked tax collector, Jesus put the friendship above the crowd. He put his past behind and said, I'll deal with the person in front of me right now, and I will not worry about the grumbling that is around the circles. And Jesus stopped, and he discovered Zacchaeus' story. And because of that, this led to an acceptance that Zacchaeus was like, You mean you would really love me? There's a God that would love me this much? Well, if that's the case, what does he do? Remember, he gives half of his possessions to the poor. He pays back four times as much everyone who he had cheated. Now, let me be honest. Not every single friendship is going to be like that. Develop a friendship, discover their story, and they're like, I'm going to give half of my property to the poor. I'm going to pay back four times as much. That's not the way it usually goes. And that's why Jesus says when you're reaching out to people who are disconnected or hurting or far from God, he says this. He says, you must be as wise, as cautious as snakes, and as gentle as doves. The two key words right there are the words wise. You might circle that, wise. And the second one is the word Gentle. When you're reaching out to people who are disconnected, who have been hurt by the church, or have been hurt by their family or friends or whoever, you slow down enough to be wise so you don't jump into everything all at once, but you're gentle with the person all the way through. You're wise and you're gentle. In fact, the best thing that you can do as you're discovering people's stories is to connect with people who you already have a common interest with, someone that you're connecting with. It might be a coworker, worker someone that's a friend, some connection that you have. A couple of years ago, my wife, Jennifer, who is a huge bridge builder and loves to develop friendships and discover stories, was simply sitting on the sideline of a soccer field. We were watching our daughter, Jordan, our oldest daughter, play. Neither one of us really knew too much about soccer at all. All we knew is that if someone stored a goal, we'd always heard, like on the radio or on the television, that the announcer would go, Go! And so when they'd score, it'd be like, gone. No one else said it. So we learned you don't do that in travel soccer. But everyone else is watching this game, and they understand it all. And one day, all of a sudden, Jen leaves from where we were at because we didn't know anyone on the team, and she walks across the soccer field, and she introduces herself to a woman named Shauna. And they build this friendship, and Jen's like, I don't know anything about soccer, and is like, well, I don't know a lot either, but I can help you a little bit. And they build this friendship. They start connecting with one another. And over time, they learn more and more. And then they started getting into these games a lot. And now, after a few uh, years of connecting, sometimes the two of them really embarrass me. I mean, they just get out of control. We have to, you know, help them out. Now, Jim's walk across this field was simply to build a friendship. That was it. And then she paused and was like, well, what else could God do? And God did the rest.
1: My name is and Drew. My name is Jen Bunch. Sean and I met when our two girls were playing soccer together. And we were new to the team, and they had already been on the team, and so she helped me kind of understand what was happening and how to navigate soccer. And so we just started talking a lot on the sidelines about soccer, and then started talking about life in general, and got to know each other that way.
2: I even asked her, I think, like, what does Chris do? And um, then that's when she said, Do you know what the jar is?
1: Oh yeah like oh you could pass her at the jar like oh right and so then after she found out what Chris did we started talking about church in general mm-hmm. and experiences that we had both had in church settings so after we had been discussing church uh, the soccer sidelines for off and on for a few weeks I thought, well, I feel like based on what she's telling me, she would really enjoy the atmosphere and the teachings of the jar, and it would be a really great environment for her kids. And so I just texted her one day and I said, Hey, Shauna, do you want to go to church tomorrow? It was actually like a Saturday evening, mm-hmm. so there was really short notice. Um, but I just thought, well, I, I mean, I'm just going to ask her. So I texted her and said, Do you are you interested in going to church? And she texts back immediately. Sounds good.
2: My kids, it was perfect because they would want to sit with me during all of the teachings at other churches and, you know, just drop them off up upstairs that are ready to see Jordan and Shiloh. It was, it was a great experience. It was, um, affected my life in many, many ways. Um, my dad was uh, diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. me and my dad both closer to um, Betty and I just know that God knew the storm that I was getting ready to weather and who to bring it
1: but through that um, you know because of how God worked in my life and in our family's life and in Sean's life mm-hmm. Shauna was baptized, mm-hmm. and then her dad was, yeah, my mom was and her mom was, and uh, there's just been so much beauty that has come out of that.
2: With my dad being diagnosed, it's been a rough, rough time, and Jen has been there with her kind words. I always tell her, like, man, your words always hit at the right time. and. I would have missed out on finding myself in faith and faith.
1: Yeah, so even if you're nervous about reaching out to someone or it might seem weird or you think they're going to think you're weird, <laughs> um, it's definitely worth it um, because of all that we would have missed out on. Oh
0: I love that story because it was simply discovering another person's story. Now, if Jen would have walked across that room and she would have, or that soccer field, and she would have erupted, uh, Shauna would have bolded. If she would have avoided the question, now what's her husband do? Uh, well, he's a plumber. Um, <laughs> then it might have been an avoiding kind of situation, but she just decided that I'm going to develop the friendship and discover the story, and over time, she grew closer and closer. Now, for Jen, her next step was inviting her to church because they had a connection. The key, though, for 3D living is not just to develop a friendship and then discover a story, but it's actually to discern, then, the next step. Like, what is the next step that you should take? Because, again, sometimes we don't always know what that step is. Discern simply means to determine or to figure out what that step is. And once you risk walking across the room and you've developed a friendship with the person, you've discovered their story, then what is the next step? And that's where you pray and you go, Holy Spirit, give me a prompting or God, open my door or open the door today to allow me to be able to say anything and I'll, I'll be willing to do that or to listen more or to invite or whatever that is. And many conversations that I've had with people as I'm discerning next steps, I'm like, God, what guidance can you give me? What insight? What can you help me with? Because this is what I've learned, that if I try to force the next step and I try to do it all on my own power, I will botch it up. I will mess it up. I'll I'll. Just make things horrible if I do that. So the key to 3D living, though, is to develop a friendship, discover a story, discern then what the next step is. And like I said, for Jen, it was simply inviting them to church. For you, though, it may not be that. It might be inviting the person out to eat. It might be inviting them over for dinner. It might be uh, inviting them to a sports event or to a play or something like that. It might be giving them a resource like, hey, this book was helpful for me. I've done that before. Or that you would invite them to listen to a teaching on one of our apps or on the app. But no matter what it is, you take the next step, and then you never know what kind of eternal implications it might have. 18 months ago, in the swimming pool here at the Y... I had the joy of baptizing Shauna into the Christian faith. And there was this commitment that she made, but it was all because someone was willing, not me, but my wife, someone was willing to walk across a soccer field for her. And because of that, her life has been changed. And you heard the story: her dad got baptized, her mom got baptized. Her husband's growing. Her kids are growing. The whole family has changed because of a simple walk. A simple walk. You never know what it will do. If you would, I'd like you to pull out this card that was in your program when you first walked in. And I'm going to invite... Uh, any of you that didn't get a card, just raise your hand. One of our greeters will pass that to you. So if you need a card, just raise your hand. Uh, they'll bring that to you. But I'd like everyone to pull this out. The faster you do this and I see all your cards, the quicker that you will get to your NFL games, okay? So this is what I'd like you to do is pull this card out. And if we go to the other one, yep. On this circle, the circle right in the middle, whose name do you think should go in that center circle? Your name. Okay? So write your name. So if it was me, I would write Chris right there in that name. Okay? I'm going to do this right now so that everybody can see what we're doing. Okay? So I'm writing my name right in the middle, and you should be as well. Chris. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a couple of minutes right now to just simply ask God. Say, God, is there someone you want me to reach out to, to walk across the room, to develop a friendship, discover their story, whatever it is, and that you would write their name down. And if you can come up with one name, great, two, three, whatever you decide. But we're going to give you a a moment to do this. Now, in the first celebration, when we turned the lights off, that wasn't very good. Because you can't see where you're writing. So we want you to write it. Now, you might be asking, well, who whose name could I write down? It could be a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, anyone who's disconnected from Christ or the church. You can write their name down. Now, let me say this too. Don't pick somebody who lives in another state. Okay? For instance, Aunt Clara may live in South Dakota and she's mean and nasty and no one likes her and she needs Jesus, but let someone in South Dakota take care of her, okay? Who are the people in your circle of influence that you're connecting with weekly that you could reach out to? A coworker, a neighbor, a friend, whoever it is. So I'd like you to take a moment Some of you have already started doing that, and I'm just going to say a quick prayer, and then you write that name down, okay? God, whatever name you want to give to us, we're willing to write it down. Help us now to know who those people are that we could reach out to to show your love. God, give us names now in Christ's name. So go ahead. Who are those names? Now, if you only had one name, that's fine. If you came up with two, great. Three. Take your time this week and do this. And then actually take your card and put it somewhere because there are some things we'd like to challenge you to do um, starting this week. If you flip the card over, it'll come up. It's a circle of three. And these are the things we're asking you to do. First of all, pray daily. Just take one minute and just say, God. Be with Joe. Be with Susan. Be with Frank. And I just ask God that you would show your love to them and help me to show love to them this week. Next thing, connect weekly. Be intentional about reaching out to them. Now, I'm not saying you have to take them to Texas Roadhouse and spend 50 bucks on them, okay? But you could send them a text or you could send an email or a Facebook message, or you could say, hey, uh, hope you're having a great week, whatever that is, and then finally, invite regularly. Now, for Jen, that happened very quickly. That doesn't happen that way, but we have a series coming up in a few weeks called Stuff Happens that's going to be a great way to invite friends to come just to connect and do that, and so in October, when we share that series, that you would come and you'd be a part of that. And those are things that you can do starting this week. And then after you have those names, if you want to email them to me, I want to pray for your people. I'll commit to doing that and as a staff, we'll do that regularly as well. So this is the way we're going to close today. So a couple of months ago, I was at a conference in which a song was sung. And Uh, The words to this song just wrecked me. Have you ever had that experience before where you just become wrecked because of something that happens where you know God is present and he's working in your life? And this whole song is about reaching out with kindness and compassion for the one, for the one that you just wrote down their name, to show them God's love. And that just with the smile, that love would come. And so this song came, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I think Sierra would just, you know, kill this song. And so I'd just like you to take a moment and really look at the words while she sings this song over us. And then we'll close in prayer.
3: The me be filled. With kindness and compassion for the one, the one for whom you loved and gave a sign for humanity, increase my love.
0: invite the prayer team uh, to come up and uh, would just encourage you to send me an email, uh, just Chris up the Jar with your names. If you think of some later this week, you can do that. And uh, I was thinking that, that maybe for some of you, you've never really experienced a sense of the fact that God is head over heels in love with you that he loves you no matter what and he has great things in store for you. And so if you want to experience that love, receive him and receive his forgiveness and his grace and all of that, back here in the back corner, uh, Jennifer is back there and she would love to pray with you and uh, be able to reach out to you and you could make that commitment today and she'd give you a free Bible. and. Encourage you on your walk and so back here in the back corner if that's you you could do that and maybe for some of you this week would be a week where you would have eyes that would love the people around you and develop relationships with them So let's pray god we uh, thank you so much for that you are a god who loves us from the homeless to the famous And in between, God, that you love us so much. And God, may we have eyes that see the people around us this week. To develop friendships. And to take the names of these people that we've reached out to who are the people you desire, God. Help us to discover their stories. And to know what steps we can do to help them to grow closer to you. We pray that you would do this so that your name would be made great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a great week, everybody. Know that you're loved in this place.